0: Welcome everybody to Bridgetown's own desert island discs. Um, I'm stepping, I'm actually today stepping into the shoes of the Sally Blade, stepping into the shoes of Kirsty Young. Uh, we've set up a tradition now in, in of stepping into one another's shoes. Stepping into my shoes, I was here last year, is Rob Hopkins. Thank you and to your own desert island, where we shall be casting you away in a short amount of time. Before, before we cast you away, Rob, uh, we intend to learn about you. We intend to learn about more, a little bit more of the private man behind the public uh, persona, much as we like the public persona, nothing wrong with that. But um, we're going we're to really, uh, be gaining insights through your choice of songs, which we shall be hearing performed by uh, a variety of combinations Global Harmony, Viva, and the Bob Boys, with audience participation, where appropriate. <laughs> <laughs> very, very appropriate. Um, for those of I'm sure you all know, Rob, up to a point. I mean, I, I looked I look at the way everyone thinks you know, Rob. There's so many biographies of you out there, Rob. Uh, Rob Hopkins brings humour, imagination, and vision to the great challenges of our time, and argues that what is needed above all else at this time in history is engaged optimism. Blah, blah, blah. (laughs) It goes on about being a co-founder of the Transition Town movement, of writing Transition Town, the Transition Town Handbook, and Companion, the power of doing stuff, of being uh, such a successful blogger. He gets onto lists. You know, people make lists of successful bloggers when people actually want want to read. Rob's on the lists. (laughs) Just saying. Just saying. My my preferred um, was was, is from Rob's Twitter feed. It goes, Rob Hopkins, co-founder of Transition Network, gardener, writer, blogger, author of The Power of Just Doing Stuff, father and scintillating public speaker. A little bit of humorous self-deprecation there. So, Rob... (laughs) I want to start, let's just start at the beginning with your childhood. Can we just start? Can we start? You came into the world when and where? I came into the world, can you hear me
1: okay? Yeah. I came into the world in June 1968, the same month that the Beatles started recording the White Album and Martha and, Van De- and the Vandellas first performed. Thank you Wikipedia, that was very useful. <laughs> um, I was born in, in London, my dad was an architect, my mum was my mum. And uh, we lived in a little house, and my grandma, was that and do anything I'm not saying just them, but I'm sure it was fun, <laughs> Difficult, difficult audience, right? <laughs> 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 and we lived in a little house, and my granny lived next door, and I went to school, and that was about it. There wasn't anything particularly remarkable about that. Did you, did you, what, you
0: show up just in gardening? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I felt it interesting. You actually mark you both by what music was coming out. There. So obviously, music was important. Was the music important to you even then? Yeah. I've, I think I bought my first record on as eight Elvis Presley's Golden Grapes.
1: <laughs> yeah. And uh, and then when I was eleven, then we moved. We moved to Wiltshire, and uh, to a place called Oldbourne St George. I've ever been to Oldbourne St George. Anyway, so we lived there for a couple of years. and went to school, and uh, and when I was. Uh, 13, 14, I had really bad bullying problems in the school that I was at, and I got to the end of the, the summer holidays, and I sat down with my mum and dad, and I said, whatever happens, I don't want to go back, I don't want to go back to that at all, well, and luckily I had a number of days, I said, no, alright, fair enough, then. okay, and uh, so then I and actually looked around, and my aunt, my young my, my aunt, Tessa, uh, lived in Bristol, and so I went to 14, I went to go and stay with her, I went to the Stein School in Bristol, and often people who are kind of Stein school people sometimes, when they hear that I went to Stein school, they say, what did you get from being at a I school? <laughs> I go to say, like, oh, a deep love of nature. And I, and I usually say, a love of things not done very well, but done with great passion <laughs> <and crazy attitude." laughs> The school orchestra was just fantastic. They were so bad, and we all looked forward to it every year. Oh, here they go. terrible. Um, and then, uh, but anyway, so this actually, uh, when I was about 15, I've, uh, I had some friends who were in a band, and uh, I really wanted to be in a band, I didn't ever have a guitar or anything, I could play a little bit, and, uh, and they said we could support them doing a gig, so in their break times, when they were rehearsing in this big warehouse in the middle of Bristol... We used to go along and use their instruments while they went out for a fag, and that was our band practices.
0: And, uh, and so this kind of
1: goes into the first song. Can we go into the first song?
0: You've it? kind of, you've kind of PMed to me. I was going to do that. Okay, sorry. Fine. <laughs> <laughs> you're, a, you're a very accomplished public speaker. But <laughs> that's fair enough. I think you just introduced us very neatly. When so would you introduce it? What's the first okay, song? So this one. <laughs>
1: So I liked a lot of music up until that point. Music had been something that, that, that was a big part of what I was, what, what I enjoyed. But the first time I really fell in love with music was when I was 15, and I was in this rehearsal room where this, where we were having this rubbish band. I was in practicing using these people's instruments, and the guy who was in the other band bought in a portable record player. that he took to the because he used to do a lot of covers. He bought this record player, into the they would play records. And in the break time, he put this record on, and it was "The Gift" by the Velvet Underground, which is the song where. Over this beautiful squalling noise, Uh, uh, John Cale tells the story about the guy who's fallen in love with this girl, and and he can't afford to go to 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 to, to travel to see her in the accepted fashion. So he sends himself to her in in the post, in a box, and it all goes horribly wrong. But it was this absolutely stunning moment of I never knew music could do that. And uh, and the next day, I went out and bought the first Velvet Underground album, the one with the banana on the front. And uh, the first song is Fun Fatale, which is from that
0: record, which is marks the moment my first my first musical love affair. Brilliant, thank you. And it can be sung now believe <laughs> that. kind of lobbied for yeah. because you are quite articulate and you kind of, you managed to make things go the way you wanted them to go. was <laughs> speaking to your parents didn't you yeah. so was, yeah, it's good to be articulate. And you've just <laughs> <laughs> sorry, and, so, sorry. and you've fallen in love with people doing things really well with great no, no with great passion but not that well. And that's transmitted across the music <laughs> as well. Yeah, right? yeah. yeah and you've fallen in love with well underground.
2: Take this, take this, take this. <laughs> well, I was just going to say, so I've had
1: a couple of weeks of, uh, it's been fantastic, of, of, as I'm walking around town, various kind of choristers coming up to me with this sort of slightly bewildered look saying, so, bit t- tricky, that is song." <laughs> so I do apologise, everybody, it's, it's so very lovely. Um, yeah, so I left school with two O-levels, I think, and then I somehow managed to get to do A-levels, and I got two very, medi- three mediocre A-levels, in a sixth in yeah. form college in. We, we'd actually like to know what
0: you got. got media. <laughs> 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 English, English and, art and art and, and theatre studies. Oh. Yeah. Stood you in I you go to study school, that's for you. This one,
1: yes. Yeah, so uh, <laughs> uh, so anyway, so then after school, then I did a foundation art course for a year. Right. And so I'm, I started. Uh, still something I do a bit is drawing things. And uh, anyway, and I shared a flat then with, with two guys who were the same age as me, and we shared a flat there in Bristol, and, um, but all sort of did fairly rubbish jobs, worked in yoghurt warehouses and hand glider factories. And, and there's a bit of a recurring theme now, there's, sort of, there's a kind of a... Yeah, hand
0: glider factories, well, we might need to double click on that in a minute. Now. Yeah, yeah. And uh, there's a bit of a recurring theme about sort of falling in and out of love with
1: England. And there was around that time got to a stage of just being completely hacked off with it, and the, 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 the two people that I shared a flat with, we set ourselves this mission one summer to get out of England and stay out of England, and, uh, and we all went off travelling around the place, and the two of us ended up back skin back in Bristol again, and one of them managed it, one of them went to Italy and stayed in Italy, so then there was another year of just sort of working and doing different things, and then the following summer then I went out to where he lived in Italy, which was uh, in Tuscany, and it was this Buddhist center up in the hills up in Tuscany. It was a beautiful place. And I wasn't really interested in any of that, but the thing was, you could go and you could stay and you could work, and then you the work, coverage of stay. It was a beautiful place. And I thought, I like this, I'll stay here for a bit. And I ended up staying there for two years. And when I arrived there, the guy who was the house, a big place was like a hotel for 140 people or something, when it was full, yeah. and the guy who was the house manager said, uh, they, they said, oh, this is Alessandro, you go and work with him, and, uh, and you do the cleaning and all that kind of stuff. So I did that for a couple of weeks. And then he said, uh, oh, uh, by the way, I'm leaving, I'm going to Elba to work in Elba for the summer. I said, oh, who's taking over? He said, you are, here are the keys. <laughs> Fantastic, I was 18, I was didn't really have much of a... I, I'd never had any sort of that kind of responsibility before. Here you are, here's the keys. You are now responsible for keeping this place clean, keeping the laundry down, keeping the sheets down, ordering the stuff. The fantastic best thing ever happened to me. And that place was like my kind of life university. It was just absolutely
0: fantastic. Fantastic. Did, did you... Uh participate fully, like in, in the meditations and that sort of thing, was that part of the yeah. thing? So I, I, I learned, how, and it was an amazing
1: place where there were still all these uh, incredible, like when when the Chinese invaded Tibet and burned all the monasteries and burned all the books, all the Lamas, and the, the, there were all these generation of Lamas who had learned everything. So they just came out over the mountains into India and sat down and recited it all and someone wrote it down. They, they were like a walking library. They walked over the mountains and some of those guys were still around and, and sort of met studied with some of them, so there was my friend Dan who got me over there originally and another guy called Jim who was a friend of his, so there were three kind of 18 year old uh, English lads living <coughs> in Tuscany yeah. in Sunshine.
0: So you were, oh wow, anyone asking why this it? mild envy? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, just, just mild, so you were, you were, you know, in the, the, in the nicest possible way, slightly underachieving young, um, <laughs> <laughs> Steiner- <Okay. laughs> <laughs> and you had to, and you, but just because you're happy you would got across it just a little little praises and you you'd actually found yourself for getting bed and board in, in Tuscany, having a lovely time, then given responsibility and then exposed really to something rather fabulous and beautiful in, 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 in benefiting from other people's sort of misfortune in the terms of their being exiled. But you're this is I'm, just, I'm looking at it, I'm, I'm doing a picture of the forces that shape an influence. Because so far we haven't touched upon sort of gardening. Um, <laughs> not, not that there isn't more to Tradition Town than that. There's great, great scope and ambition, I admit. But at the same time, there's a lot to do with food. And there is food in OK, we haven't got there yet. <laughs> We've got you being a lad who's just taken on a bit of responsibility. Do you want to name these, these two people are quite important to you, these friends? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and they're going to lead into the second song,
1: but I don't know if we're ready to go. To I think we are ready for oh, it. All right. Okay. So, <laughs> so it was quite an interesting. It was. A, it was. It was an in, this this second song is it kind of captures that period when you're eighteen, nineteen, and before kind of been in Bristol and you know partying a lot and, and that whole kind of scene, and then actually going out into another place which is much quieter and but with, two, with a couple of other people. And you're sort of looking back to that life with a sort of a mixture of kind of nostalgia and wasn't it fantastic? And also kind of slightly glad that you're away from it and that you're actually moving towards other things. So this next song kind of
0: captures that sort of
1: bridge between those two worlds.
0: nice introduction. This is uh, going to be sung for us tonight. This is Friday night, did you mention it? Friday night? Oh, it's Friday night and Saturday, Saturday morning, morning by The Specials. By The Specials, and it will be sung tonight. Uh, by the Boys. Well, it's going to be sung by Nick and Martin Bob Boys, and it says here by the men in the audience. <laughs> you know what? You know It's open to everyone. Just, just, just to be clear. But uh, where, 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 are oh, we're here, we're here, we're here! Boys, <laughs> oh, Bobby, get down there, <laughs> yes. Check out the alligator, yeah. it's all right. Look at this. <laughs> That's for nice pie. Let's give it out to you, mate. Come hold on that pie, mate, because that's going to come up more song. So, look at you. Yeah, talking talking you fucking tired. Yeah, talking you time, that, mate. This is all you but
1: I didn't get a mention. No, I'm seeing as of well.
0: Right, so while you're being a hippie out in Italy, mate, <laughs> we're down there in Bristol, we're living the dream, yeah? We, we are the spirit of your rude boy past, mate. <laughs> 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 it's a just
1: Saturday morning, you can join in. It's Friday night tonight, isn't it? Yeah. we all out, alright? Yeah. Saturday morning, that's when we go home, that's what you have got to remember. Out Friday night, home Saturday morning, and then you can join in. right? here we go. <laughs> oh, get up. 8am I'm at my head by half past 10 I'm out with dates And mates and friends So that's what I do That weekends. I can't walk And I can't talk But I know where I'm going to go I'm going to watch my Money go At the Lopardo Bouncing in the night, I'm trying to stop or start a fight. I sit and watch the big fat lights when there's anything but less tight. Here we go! I go out on Friday night and I come home on Saturday morning. I go out on Friday night and I come home on Saturday morning. do it's not bad. When well, you got a few more. Give me a bit of I like to beach
2: into town. I like to get a few drinks down. The floor gets full, the bar gets full. I like my life things going dark, dance, but
1: the party has saved the night. I'm the cells from the drunken stags, having fun and dancing in. Took round never again I go out on Friday night and I go home on Saturday morning I go out on Friday night and, go on, go, on
2: Friday night
1: and go on Saturday morning That's fit it that. up. There's one more choice. It's getting late in night now. Oh, I have had that it's really mate. come again I'm a leaf, paradise I hope the kitchen
2: isn't close You've got the pie, there's the pie. I'm nice I'll eat it in the taxi queue, Standing in someone else's view I wish I had lipstick on my shirt Instead of piss stains on my shoe. We go, I, I go out on Friday night at, night at, night. at I on Saturday morning I'm on Friday.
0: a lot to listen to music yeah yeah, and it also feels like you had this kind of slightly more varied and colourful I would say colourful life because of going to Tuscany, because of going, having this Buddhist influence in most of my contemporaries 18 and 19 that kind of age which it's presumably led to the next phase of your life which you began to travel I did I, I, went, to, uh, I went to India and uh, spent
1: about a year and a half and uh, was there for a while and then went to Pakistan and to China and tried to go to Tibet and uh, got 10 miles away from Lhasa and got arrested because I didn't have a visa because you couldn't get visas. visa. So got thrown out of China and uh, went to Hong Kong, went back to India again and that was where I met my wife. <laughs> in, uh, in, in, the, in the Himalayas. In, in, uh, I, I was walking down the street there actually and I met somebody and he said, oh, do you know, there's something happening in Dharamsara. If I hadn't
0: met him, I wouldn't have gone. I went up there and then uh, made it. Yeah, so you made it? In down Yeah. Really high up in the Himalayas? High up in the Himalayas. And, um, and, uh, <laughs> and then that was it, really. <laughs> 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 well, so we just finished it. That that I it. It's, that
1: it's nice there. to have a happy ending. It's yeah. Really, it's quite <laughs> a and, uh, So, yeah, I mean, uh, but, yeah, I don't know what to say. I,
0: yeah, I, I, I enjoyed that, traveling around, and I was, I feel very blessed to have. That happens. Yeah. So you did, right, so I'm just going you know, to, I'm going to kind of revisit that, I kind know of, uh, that travelling kind of culminated in meeting Emma and it's almost like, I met Emma, so we stopped travelling and just immediately came home. But, but it can't have been as simple as that, you, did you travel on together or did you say, we have met each other, we must return to... <laughs> <you> know, <laughs> we have returned. What, what happened there? No, we travelled together for a bit and we went
1: to different bits in India. And then I came home first and then she came home later.
0: And luckily she came home and decided to come into where our was. So she said, she said, kind of, could you go now? <laughs> <laughs> Give me some space. <laughs> you know, yeah.
1: yeah. No, she didn't say that. No, she
0: didn't say that. She said, I'll just see you later. Something I haven't asked you, because you've, you've been influenced by various things along the way. I, I imagine you doing lots of reading. Were was was, was the things that stand out for you that you were reading at the time that influenced you? Or have you not been so influenced by it in that way? Or life experiences, rather than reading about, that have actually... Uh, yeah, I you know, I've a read mixture. lots of things,
1: and, uh, um, yeah, kind of a mixture, I suppose. I don't know, if you're going to be able to think of a life-transforming book.
0: Yeah, <laughs> uh, well, I'd just like to say one or two life-transforming books at this point. Yeah. Uh, um, it will be, be quite disappointing for everybody here if you can't. Kingsaw's <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, so Last Summer by Herman Hess. Yeah. Okay. okay. Tell, tell, that covers it, I think, for most of us. <laughs> <laughs> that's that, that's terrific. I just wanted there to be books as well. I just imagine yeah, yeah, you know, books, books. I imagine it's had paperbacks and I'd like to know that you actually And I had a copy I had
1: this copy when I was in China of Anna Karenina, which every time you turned the page it fell out. So it was held together with, with a boot race, but you could always tell where you were in the book because it was a page that hadn't fallen out. <laughs> That's a very long book.
0: That's a very long book,
1: yeah. yeah. A lot of elastic bands. And 20 pages describing a having breakfast is breakfast. And people don't have attention
0: spans who watch the books like that. <laughs> well, I like, it's nice that you persevered. I do. <laughs> <laughs> It's persevering nature. Yeah. important part of the picture, for me at least. Um, I think we're ready to hear the next song. Okay. So the next song is called Teardrop.
1: And uh, it's uh, kind of meeting Ellen song. And, uh, uh, and it's also, um, being from Bristol, I spent all the time I was growing up in Bristol like and yeah. going to see bands. Bristol had fantastic bands. And everybody outside Bristol had this idea that any band from Bristol was like the Wurzels and sang songs about sign <laughs> and couldn't speak properly. And uh, any time you went out of London, they said, oh, it's a great band in Bristol. And they would go, And all of a sudden... All of a sudden, Massive Attack and Fortishead happened, and all of a sudden, Bristol was really cool, and everyone was like, any band from Bristol was really cool all of a sudden. So it's also partly a kind of Bristol-becoming <coughs> cool song. Great, great. Yeah.
0: Be, yeah, so Teardrop, originally by Massive Attack, will be sung tonight by Viva. <laughs>
1: And, then, and So then we decided actually it would be a good idea to do something else. Sort of. anyway, so, I was, so that was, I was 24, and that was about, so I went to university at 24, because I thought I thought maybe it would be good to, to do something like that. So, and in Bristol at that time there was the first kind of environmental degree that there was. There really. wasn't really much around there. There was this course called Environmental Quality and Resource Management. It was the first kind of green degree there was really. And it tapped this really rich seam of mature students who've been looking for something like that for years and <coughs> waiting for something like that and hadn't really found a way in. So there was a whole load of us who were kind of drawn to do this, uh, t- uh, to do this course. So Rama was born uh, about two months before it started, and then Finn was born three weeks before my finals. So <laughs> that, was that was good, wasn't it? Yeah. And so, uh, so I got very good at kind of. Uh, a lot of people who were at the university were all kind of, they swan in and swan out and get drunk and go down the bar. And I was like, it was like 9 to 5, that was it. I'd go in and do 9 to 5 and go home and had to kind of do it like that. And uh, it was fantastic. And around that time, living in Bristol, that was when I first uh, heard about permaculture. A friend of mine gave me a copy of Bill Mollison's Permaculture, Des- Designers' manual, just as a present. People book. And it was completely blew my mind. As someone had written a book about this idea of earth repair and how to do it, the idea that you can put ecosystems back together again, that you can put forest systems back together again uh, through good design and, and by just getting on with it. It absolutely blew me away. So living in Bristol was a mixture of learning all that stuff. There was a permaculture group. I started, got involved with that and studied. We, we did a permaculture design course that was really fantastic, uh, and then uh, involved with other things like some of the road protests that were happening around Bristol around that time. So it was a mixture
0: of those kind of influences, really. Wow. So suddenly, suddenly almost before our very eyes, just in this, between Teardrop and the next song, you've kind of begun to turn into the Rob Hopkins we know. <laughs> <laughs> and you, you've got, you, you, well, partly because you you've, you've got this discipline really, because you study with a very young family, so you're, you're doing university really, genuinely mature students, behaving in a mature way. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, and, and there because because I really really wanted it. Yeah. And
1: actually there were lots of people there who were kind of younger who were there just because they were like a dos or looked like right. something they wanted right to do.
0: I really really wanted it. This this was also the time when people did get grants, wasn't it? Only just. It only I just. think that was the last year. Yeah. Yeah. You just And this yeah. is also it kind of this covers kind of a question I have been mean, sort of hovering around the age of asking, which is about beginning to be a writer. Because I was I was wondering if prior to this. Obviously you were writing essays and so you're having mm-hmm. to begin to really make your thought you know, uh, make these thoughts work on the page and and, and them, you know, work them out. Had you written before? Had you kept like, journals and you really kept sketchbooks as, a, as an artist. I asset. kept sketchbooks, I kept diaries. Yeah, I used to, but none of it was uh,
1: anything I wanted to read. You know, there wasn't anything very, yeah. I wrote songs as well, like, in bands I played in. But <laughs> they're rubbish. Mm-hmm. You say that, you yeah, say that. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. but I But I remember in university, the first thing, an essay I wrote, I thought was really great. And uh, it came back with red lines all through it. It
0: was way soul destroyed, actually. Yeah, I did, I did get to enjoy doing that. That's what, I mean, it'd be interesting at some point if you, were, for example, for example, to sort of auction or raffle an early Rob Hopkins notebook with songs in. I'm sure it'd be a really good fundraiser for animals. Yeah. <laughs> just, 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 just just a thought. Or you could pay money for us not to auction. Yeah. Well, yes, it, you, 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 you.
1: Pay money to have a very concrete and frozen in the river garden.
0: But could you? Then, so basically, you, you, this this course can going to your eyes to many many things, and you've really got into it. And sort of alongside that you, you just permaculture and you began to get engaged in activism although all yeah. oh, this was happening in a sort of three year period while two sons arrived <laughs> yes right yeah it was magic really. and,
1: and actually um, uh, yeah and, and actually I think because I did the permaculture just before I did the course I think if I had just done the course which was three years of kind of relentless problems and graphs that go like that and other graphs that go like that and depressing things. Actually doing the permaculture at first that was all about solutions and what you could do just was completely, uh, gave me a spark that kind of took me through all of that stuff going, ah, actually, you know, you could do that? And most of the lecturers do not know those things. you know, you could do this, you could do that. Yeah. So
0: you were bringing some optimism to the engagement? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Already at that point. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to ask you to introduce the next song. The next song is uh, uh, was that the, the, I first heard when it
1: was done by uh, a group called This Mortal Coil, uh, and it's Elizabeth Fraser who was in the Cocteau Twins did a version of it. But this is and also it's a Tim Buckley song, and it's not linked to anything in particular. It's just a song that we used to listen to a lot when we
0: were in Bristol growing up with young children, and it's called "Song to the Siren." Mm-hmm. Um, it's going to be some, It's going to be done as a duet with voice and piano with Jane and Anna. Please welcome Jane and Anna. You. Yeah. Gosh. <laughs> 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 so that's kind of is that your song? Kind of one of your songs. <laughs> okay, so I've got you in Bristol with, with Emma, Rowan, and Finn are here, and you. But now you've really got engaged in, uh, engage in, this, in this work. That you develop permaculture. Um, you, get, you get your degree, but you don't stay
1: in England. No, so we, we, we decided we wanted to start an eco-village project. We decided that that was, that was what we wanted, to build a house, we wanted to grow food, we wanted to do that whole, actually doing all this stuff. In, oh, I'm not having goats, I'm just being reminded, one of us wants to have
0: goats. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and, uh, and so we moved to Ireland, we moved to West Cork in Ireland, and uh, spent some time living in various freezing cold damp uh, farmhouses, and my uh, little known bit of uh, trivia for the day is that Jackie Hodgson, who is now the mayor of times, gave me my first job when I moved to Ireland. <laughs> yeah, that's a bit of trivia, <laughs> which I'm very grateful. To and um, we spent so we, we spent a while looking for a place, looking for some land to do this. And it took us about three years, mm-hmm. and then with, with another family, we bought a farm uh, in West Cork, and. Set about trying to get the process of trying to get the planning permission to to create this eco-village in one of the most conservative parts of rural uh, Ireland. Who wants to build cob houses and straw bale houses and do permaculture and so on and so on and so on. And um, uh, and so and had a great had an incredible kind of freedom actually there to uh, to just have a go at stuff. You know, there was a there's 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 that lovely thing in Ireland which is I remember uh, the college that I, I so I started a poem culture course. That, that my my day job was teaching in this college in Kinsale, and uh, the guy who was the the, the principal there uh, he had this great kind of spirit of just. I'd just have a go and do things, and if the last thing he did worked, then that was the next thing would be fine so first thing, John, could we make a pond? Grand, and as long as the pond worked when well, he then went and said, John, could we plant an orchard? Grand, and then to the end when I went to him and said, John, could we build this theatre that we've designed on the back of an envelope uh, out of carbon, local timber? Grand, and we built a theatre but actually there was that thing in Ireland where the, the engineer from the town came round and said that's amazing, that's beautiful See it. <laughs> I <down> <laughs> so, so, so we had this lovely kind of time where actually we, we, we set up this place that was a, like a study, a training centre for people how to do strawberry building, and, and anything that we didn't know how to do, we got people in to do. So we had this incredible learning time of learning how to build with cob, learning how to build with stone, and, uh, and then it built up to, uh, to, the, to, to the two families and started it. We, we, we were building our own houses, so we built the first new cob houses built in Ireland. For sculpted, loads of people came through as volunteers, helped to build these houses, it was really fantastic uh, not a right angle, it would curve windows and it was all part of this project as a kind of sustainability training centre with our goats and uh, um, <laughs> growing vegetables and, uh, and all that kind of thing really. Wow! and it's, and yeah, so, it's fantastic so um, uh, my um, my dad passed away last year, and uh, I remember we always had a bit of a running joke where he said, Oh, yeah, there was a thing. He said, Well, if, if you're ever on Desert Island this you'll be the first person on it who never had any classical music, because I don't like classical music. That. And my dad loved it, and he couldn't understand it. Everything else he was just thumpy, thumpy music, and we uh, really like it. And when we lived in Ireland, there was a guy on the radio called Donald Deneen who did this fantastic program, and the last day I was called Headphones, and he used to play quiet, quiet music. And uh, he introduced me to, uh, to classical music I finally kind of liked and, and enjoyed at last. And so this is uh, by Arvo Part, uh, or Pert, I don't quite know how to say it, but um, and it's uh, absolutely beautiful. <coughs> <coughs> sat on the grass and watched it just go up and it was a very very traumatic time and uh, and it really was we had a whole period then of thinking well what do we do where do we go but the thing that was really was most amazing about it and actually which I take away most from it afterwards was that um, you know it took one or two people to do that and we never found out who or why or whatever but after it happened there was the most incredible um, outpouring of, of sort of Support and love for what we have been doing and, uh, and some friends of ours and there were yeah, some friends of ours who organised a fundraising thing and it got in all the papers and they raised about 40,000 euros people held pub quizzes and, and an order of nuns sent us a cheque for 5,000 euros and, uh, a child uh, organised a football match in his garden and invited his friends to charge them 5 euros to play and so it was really, it was incredibly heartwarming. And I think quite a lot of people then wanted us to build it again, and we just really couldn't. And, and it started a kind of a process that actually slowly kind of drew us here. And we had, sort of, we had a while of, sort of floundering around, not really knowing where we were going or what we were doing. And then it sort of gradually all the roads started to draw us uh, to draw us here. And we arrived in two thousand and five with a lorry load of stuff actually spent the first, and, and actually I don't hang on, let me So, um, so it, was really, it was a really interesting thing for me because actually, we'd kind of, when we moved to Ireland, it felt like we sort of left England again into a high disgust with the whole place. Having seen, having been around uh, near, seeing the road that the, the, the Salisbury <coughs> Hill bypass that was built in, uh, near Bath, where they cut the side off this beautiful hill that was like a Turner painting, and just felt really sort of traumatised by the whole thing. So we left England kind of in high disgust, really. And uh, so coming back to England felt like uh, it was a big sort of thing for us to do. And so
0: uh, that leads into the next song. Can I do that? did um, we just check if there's anything else you want to ask? You. <laughs> yes, you can. Thank you, Matt. Yeah.
1: So the next song. So uh, Nick Drake and the music of Nick Drake for me is, is kind of England somehow. One of it sort of somehow captures uh, an essence of, kind of autumn and mist and lanes in England and um, so this is a song that kind of captures coming back to Totnes in the first couple of months that we spent we didn't know anybody we moved from Ireland, we had this huge community of hundreds and hundreds of people and the first couple of months of living in Tunis we knew absolutely nobody and I remember we, we went out to an event at Kevin one night and we just stood there and thought we didn't know anyone at all and we felt really lonely, we missed all the people Ireland.
0: And, uh, but anyway, this is Nick Drake. Place to be, it's called. Please welcome two-thirds of the bug Boys. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and while they're setting up, actually, I'll just say I've never heard of Nick Drake before. And uh, when we lived in Whistler, I had a friend of mine who I hadn't seen for about ten years, and I bumped into him in the street and he said, Have you heard of Nick Drake? I said, No, never heard of And the next morning, this tape popped through my letterbox. He'd gone home and recorded and it drank tape for us. And... uh
3: I was young, younger than me. strong, strong
1: in the middle of a field. Actually we came to Totnes and felt like it was the only place we could cope with really. <laughs> <laughs> It felt like a nice kind of decompression back into being here again. Nice, That's, yeah. 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 And, uh, and actually when I when we'd been in Kinsai and we built this theatre I'd been over and, and been to Totnes and walked around the around St Mary's Church, there's all the gargoyles around the roof. And I took pictures of the gargoyles and took them back and we made all the sculpture students in the college made gargoyles that went like, all around the roof inspired by the ones on the church. Right. So so Andy Langford, who was a friend of mine who lived in Thomas, who some of you might know, who was who was born here, and he, he got in touch and one evening and said, we need to come for a drink and meet some people. And so one of the people who was there was Naresh Jagrande who who at that point I was very you know, interested in peak oil and climate change and these issues and didn't know anybody else who was. And when I met Naresh he was somebody else who was He'd been doing a lot of work around that. So the two of us just started this conversation around bringing some of the stuff that I'd been doing in Ireland around that together and we just started, well, what what would it look like if a community saw those things as an opportunity? How would that be? Because at the time, all there was, if you looked on the internet, such as it was then, in terms of Solutions, responses to those challenges, they mostly consisted of big hairy men heading up into the mountains in Nebraska with four years worth of baked beans, toilet roll, and firearms. And yeah, that didn't really appeal to me, really. And it's not that useful, I think. Mean. We all head up to Dartmoor with our baked beans, there's not really much to be said for everyone. So we just started this process, we started showing films uh, in town. It was a called transition for the first uh, eight to nine months. And we just started showing films and giving talks and then after about six months people started to stop us and say, yeah, 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 we get that bit now. What do we want now? What? what happens next? We get all that stuff. Okay, so what do we do with it? What do we do about it? And so in September 2006 we had what we called the unleashing of Transition Turn S, That was the kind of launch event and 400 and something people came and it was a big sort of uh, kicking off of the whole thing. And, um, and then it just went mad. <laughs> it really went mad yeah. and, and, and people, there were people who came to that from a few other places Lewis and Penzance and other places who went off and started doing it and then, uh, and then the following year in April I went to teach at a course at Schumacher College called Life After Oil and uh, uh, Ben uh, Brayman came on the course and he came up to me afterwards and said you look like a man standing underneath a tsunami you need a network you need to help that so, so
0: that was where what transition Two thousand and seven. Okay, so it's before, just before you've written a transition handbook. You're just about to start yeah. to write it. Yeah. Yeah. All of a sudden, this thing was just growing and it was growing and it was growing and
1: uh, and then so more people start coming in. Henry and Sophie and, and other people in the rash and all these people started coming in with bits of the puzzle. It was always a very porous thing, very open to influences. People started bringing in ideas and uh, and then uh, some incredible projects started happening. We did the first Topless Pound walking into the shop, walking into the film place or uh, in the Gothic house, they had the framed 1810 Tottenham's banknote on the wall. And we said, what would happen if we just printed some more? Is did, there a special
0: really look at the thing and think, we could do that? We could like, do like, that. That's interesting. I do no
1: places did that. Yeah. So we just, so what would happen? We formed this advisory panel of people, learned economists to advise us whether we could do it. And we said, could we do that? Could we just print new Tottenham's panels? And they said, no idea. Do it and see what happens. <laughs> No, not really an advisory panel. It right. was such strictly speaking. Uh, so anyway, yeah, and, and all these things just start taking off, and, and it's been extraordinary. Right. And you know, so and there's not a week that goes past when we don't have like an email from a transition in or the second city in Iran starting transition, or a favela in Brazil starting. in. Uh, it, it feels like one of the sort of key exports from this remarkable town. Uh, people come from all over the place uh, because they're kind of inspired. Or you know, when you go to places like I went to Liège recently in Belgium, where they the, the, the transition group started a, a cooperative vineyard and weighs two million euros for people to start their own vineyard.
0: And the inspiration comes from things that have happened here. It's it's really quite extraordinary. It is quite staggering. Says here in your bio that you are staggered at the rate at which the transition concept yeah. has spread. You've just kind stag- 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 of. Is that your staggered face? It's quite convincing. <laughs> but it's got, I feel we should take just a, just a moment to say, yeah, that went from this kind of idea that you were talking about. You actually came to Tottenham and said, I don't know anyone here. It's almost like a, a desperate attempt to meet people. It's got <laughs> a, yeah. <laughs> I must yeah. yeah, It's like speed dating, right? Yes, <laughs> global speed dating. <laughs> oh, everybody has me. Yeah. Yes. But, um, it is, it is quite extraordinary, and it is, it's still growing exponentially, and there's nothing, there's nothing you can do about it. You no. go, Hang on a minute. Um, I didn't mean it quite like that. No, it's lovely. I, a while ago, I got asked to go to London,
1: this, this group who, who looked for people who are social entrepreneurs. They said, you are a social entrepreneur. Come up and, and talk about what you do to our, to our board of successful business people. And if they like what you do, then they'll get behind you and they'll support you in various ways. So I went yeah. up and I talked about transition, so that we do this, we do that, we do the other... And this guy said, "So what you're saying basically is you've created a really powerful brand, and you give it away for nothing to people all around the world over whom you have absolutely no control." <laughs> I said, "Yeah, that's absolutely it. Completely gutted. I don't bad, I I but it works. <laughs> yeah, really,
0: really like that. Thank you. That's, well, I think we're ready." Okay, to the next. well, I, I
1: was always, because one of my, the first things that I was really uh, liked uh, music wise as a child really was punk. Punk had a huge influence on me. And, uh, and there was a thing that was at the time that said, I uh, had a, a diagram of how to play three chords, and it said, Here are three chords, now form a band. <laughs> and I love the spirit of that. I really love the spirit of that. And I think it's what we kind of try and do in transition is to say, Here are some things, here are some ideas. Here's some here's some principles. Here's some ingredients, and uh, this next song is one of the best three chord songs. I'm a great lover of the, the art of the perfect three chord song, and this is a song that Jack White, who used to be in the White Stripes, does, uh, and it's called I'm Shaking. That was my Shaking. video
0: one. Of those. Yeah, I'm Shaking. Shaking. The we-, we actually have to get out the way. Some of the right team of so artists are going to come and do this. We're going to move. Yeah. <laughs> shall we? Um, shall we just leave our stuff for you? You can can You can be picked up by it. Is that all right? to date, yeah trenches are taking over the world, but we're here, with this, this event is actually a fundraiser for, for the Atmos
1: Project. Yeah. Yeah. well I guess rounding up. So we got married in 2007 after being together for 17 years, you can't yeah. rush these things, <laughs> you want to rush um, and repent later. And yeah, so uh, where are we now, so, so the Atmos Project is um, I think one of the most exciting things and uh, the consultation around that has been going on for the last few weeks, and tomorrow, if you haven't been yet to the hub, to the Atmos hub, which is in the old Coco's Nursery Building, the office building, down on the, on the Dairy Crest site, tomorrow is the last opportunity to get down for this stage of it, and it's really extraordinary. It's become like a, a museum and a, an and a ideas factory, it's really quite extraordinary. If you haven't been down, do come down tomorrow, uh, everyone will be down there, and it'll be, we'd really love to see that. What's, what's really exciting for me about it is that somehow the Atmos Project is just one of the things that's, that, that, that's happening here in the town, but it really draws together so many of the strands that we've talked about up until now, in terms of it's about people being able to shape their own future, it's about the idea that as a community, rather than development being something that's done to us, it's something that we own, we shape, community benefits from we take control of our own future by owning something that's happening shaping that running it in such a way that we can actually start to do the thing that we really want to do here and uh, it took seven years to get to the stage where, uh, in, the, where in August we signed the contract with Daily Press to make that happen and it's been a, an incredible team of people and study studying patience and uh, uh, perseverance and <coughs> awkward stubbornness and inspiration kind of got it that far so if you haven't been down please come down tomorrow and really help to to shape what's happening and happening down there fantastic and the other thing is the the brewery Did you that? yeah, yeah the, so we started a brewery, the brewery called the new yeah. Land brewery which as a as an idea of what really like if we had a kind of brewery that was part of this and it was the glue that stuck a lot of this together and that celebrated this stuff happening so you'll have seen this evening there's the atmos ale but there's also a tressock Ale, there was Thomas Pound Ale when we launched the new Thomas Pound. And what does it look like if that's really something that runs through all of this as well as a, a social enterprise? So it feels to me like there's all the various things that are kind of running in the town and, and how it's sort of got into the culture and uh, of, 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 of lots of different things.
0: So it's very exciting. Seven years in a you know, perseverance to get the X Project where it is. Just, yeah, to, just yeah. to get the seven years. This is a man who... Managed to finish Anna Karenina against the odds when he was backpacking around. <laughs> <laughs> that experience has served him well. <laughs> <laughs> that was a key, that was a key stepping stone. Now we have that earlier conversation. Yeah, yeah. So it's, what, I've what Never looked up to that before. Well, it's about something I want to. I want, actually want, to, I want. I really want to, to get some some key information from you before we before we allow the, the last song. You're one of one of the few castaways ever who could you know build their own place. Um, as whatever happened to be lying around. If it took seven years, you'd do it. You probably wouldn't pick that up because you're one of the most re-skilled people I know. Um, that's that. I think it's okay to say that. And um, so I'm assuming that you'd be comfortable a bit on the desert island now. You are going to be given the complete books of Shakespeare. You are going to be given the Bible. You, you can use those building materials, Rob. Um, in fact, you're uniquely among Mm pastors I didn't have given my full poetry collection. Because (laughs) thank you. I can't sell them. (laughs) uh, (laughs) You get get to choose
1: one book that you (laughs) would take with him. The book I would take would be a book called A Pattern Language by Christopher Alexander, which alongside the works of Captain Beefheart is one of the few things of the 20th century where they've been called a work of genius. Mm -hmm. And it's a book which 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 identifies... what it is about some built places that make people come alive and write beautiful poetry in them, and what make other places what people want to kill each other in them, and it captures lots of the things that that, that that we can never quite put your finger on about why you love somewhere, and he puts his finger on it, and it goes from where you put a city in a landscape to the shapes of windows and the insights in it. It's just phenomenal, and my th- my copy is so well thumbed, so I would build my little shelter, but having pattern language. Really to make sure that it was as beautiful uh, as it could possibly be. Pattern language, language by Christopher Alexander. Did you just sell it to
0: you want to? It's brilliant. We all want to order it from John's Bookshop rather than online. Just saying. When no. <laughs> <laughs> did get one luxury item?
1: My luxury item would be uh, uh, a, a life supply of drawing uh, and painting materials and paper and pens and pencils so I could sit and finally get some time to do some drawing. You do a yeah. I <laughs> I'm on my walls, yeah, that's true. To figure
0: out and, and before you introduce the last song, because we just love his last song so much, we're going to make that the kind of closing thing. Often, you, often you get sort questions of afterwards, but this is going to be the, the closing thing. Is going to be the last song. Um, you get both to introduce the last song. You also get to say which of these eight songs that you've that you've uh, had tonight would be the one song if there could only be one song on the island. Um, I think. It, uh, song to the Siren as it was sung
1: this evening. That was absolutely beautiful.
0: <coughs> yes, it was really gorgeous. <laughs> if we play our cards right, we
1: might get on call. But
0: I'm not, sure. <laughs> I'm not quite sure how that works. <laughs> uh, so, Sorry? so exactly.
1: my so my last song yeah. is uh, I'm a great uh, collector of records, and I love vinyl. And for me, the perfect the perfect pop yeah. single is th- is this last song, and I feel like. Uh, if everything came to an end today, um, I've been very fortunate um, to have beautiful, strong, healthy, lovely uh, children, a uh, relationship that's lasted and will continue to do so. And, uh, and so for me, actually, this is a song that I always thought that if I died and went to heaven, this is the song that's, that you hear when you get to heaven. It's the perfect. It's the perfect pop song. It's the perfect seven-inch single. It's the song that the angels would sing as you write.
0: <laughs> so it felt like a nice place to end on. I mean. that's, a, that's a fantastic introduction. But before, before we hear the red, I, I, I would like to thank you for coming along and being so open and warm and revealing of your, your life and yourself. Please, thank you to Rob well, you.